New City Church, how we doing? Golly, Sherry, come on, girl. Good googly moogly, guys. Guys are off the chain today. I don't even think you were ever on the chain. <laughs> I, I don't know what that was. <laughs> there never was a chain. <laughs> no doubt. Oh, very nice, very nice. Everybody doing well this morning, the old guys? New City? Man, what a day. Guys, thank you guys for leading us in worship. That was beautiful. Love the living room style kind of a thing, man. That was powerful today, yeah. Like, the, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the first two uh, services were great, and uh, man, it's a wonderful, but man, there's something special going on for the third service today. Wow, it's it's beautiful. I felt it too, so thank you guys. Love you, love you. Uh, love, love our church. Love to see what God is doing in our hearts and our minds, which we'll be talking a little bit further about today. In your seats, I want to talk to you first about what's uh, in, your, uh, in your seats here. And I want you to uh, take these with you today. Do not, uh, unless God automatically says, yep, boom, this is where God is leading me. I want you to take these with you. Pray with your family about what uh, it means to give to the mission that we are on. We are going to be, uh, this is uh, Will It Be Us was introduced uh, at the end of the service last week. And will it be us is the question of, will it be us that calls Jesus Lord? Will it be us that goes on mission for him and starts changing and moving our thinking and our hearts, not toward being church members or this is the church I attend or I'm a member of New City Church, but that we start thinking that New City is a mission. This is our mission house and we are collectively missionaries together on the same mission is that is that cool that makes sense so we're kind of answer asking that question what will it be us that God chooses to use to reach his people uh, of Edgerton of Eudora of Baldwin of Wellsville of Gardner of Olathe uh, I've got some things I want to talk to you guys about here in a little bit but but I have uh, if you don't know uh, there has been a stirring in me over the last couple of months that is starting to come to a little bit of fruition now where we have to change and and not we have to change but we have to let God change our thinking and our hearts will which will then in turn change what we do with our hands and our feet that makes sense like we've got to be guided by him and thinking in certain ways there are so many times when we start, we kind of get into, and this is a an American church issue, if you will, but not just a uh, like a church going person issue. But the American church has a structure where the church is where we meet on Sunday morning, but that's not really the case, is it? The church is the bride of Christ that goes on mission for Jesus all the time, right? That's so. That's how we've got to kind of think in, in in those kinds of ways. And something happened to me a couple of months ago, and I knew that there were things coming. If you don't know the story of our church here, um, there was a church called Edgerton Southern Baptist Church that had their their last uh, service here three years ago with seven people in it. They had called us to ask and asked us if we would come and take this church and revitalize it. Now, ultimately, it's God who does all that. But what God has done in this church over the last two and a half years since we opened the church we have baptized 76 people 
dozens of people getting actually discipled and, and, and walked with and learning what it means to actually follow Jesus and obey Jesus, those kinds of things. Uh, we have now about 300 folks that call New City Church home, and this is in a church of 1,600 people. I'm sorry, a town of 1,600 people, right? I almost said church. Did I say church of 1,600 people? Won't be long, right? <laughs> yeah, it won't be long. I mean, who knows? But that's not our motivation, is it? Our motivation is not the number of butts in the seats and the number of bucks we got in the bank account. Our motivation is, God, what do you want us to do? We'll go do it. And that's the question we're going to ask ourselves. Will it be us that is obedient in that mission? To go reach his people for his kingdom, for his glory. Because here's the deal and here's the reality of what we got going on, guys. Uh, in a hundred years, everybody in here, this building perhaps even, will not be part of this earth. That's a reality, right? We're all going to be worm food to the glory of God, right? I mean, hallelujah. I was telling somebody this morning, they looked at me like I'm weird. I'm like, I'm ready to die. <laughs> like, I, I want to be with Jesus right now. I want to see him. I want to see his glory. I want to feel his love. I mean, and I do, but I want, I want to see it in full force, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it's described in the scriptures as indescribable. Like we can't wait, and I can't wait to see it. And I want as many people as we can take with us to go see it with us, amen? That's what we're on. That's the mission we're on. And so here's where I want us to be thinking and, and transitioning our thoughts and our hearts to be thinking this way, that New City Church is on mission. And those of us who call New City Church home are missionaries. Is that fair? Like if you're a mission, if you call New City Church home, I want you to be Thinking, acting, giving, living, loving the way a missionary would do. Here's where I became confronted, if you will, by God, by what's about to happen in our town. If you guys don't know, don't show the slide yet of, of, of anything yet. Just, just hang on for a second. Uh, but if you guys don't know, there is a, uh, a, an abundance of park space that we have in our town. Literally, there is twice the amount of park space in the city of Edgerton right now, that is technically or traditionally or, you know, expert-wise needed in a town of 1,600 people. We literally right now, as of today, have twice the amount of park space that we need, that is usable, that we can use right now. We have Manor, uh, Martin Creek Park, Manor Park, all that kind of stuff, right? Skate Park. It's, it's really, uh, we're truly blessed in that area. Two months ago, three months ago or so, there was something, go ahead and show that slide. There was something called Big Bull Creek that just got, had a, basically a groundbreaking on. Um, do you notice anything about Big Bull Creek when you compare it to the city of Edgerton? Big Bull Creek Park, if, you, if I'm looking at this map correctly, which is on their website or the, the Johnson County website, our Facebook page, it's bigger than the city of Edgerton. Is that, am I seeing that right? Are you guys seeing the same thing I'm seeing? Well, it's like twice, yeah. Like if, you're, if, I'm, if I'm seeing that correctly, if unless my eyes are mistaken, unless something is going on, for some reason, thought, somebody thought it would be a really good idea to make a park twice the size of the town for no particular reason at all. Let's spend a few million bucks and this is, right? Is that, no, there's obviously a reason that they're going to build a humongous park like that is because they're anticipating and it is expected that thousands of people are going to be moving here soon. 
Will it be us, New City, that reaches the people, not only that are here, but that will be coming to our town? See, our minds and our hearts and our actions must reflect that shift of becoming a missionary, right? Unless we want to just close our doors to only ourselves and be happy with ourselves and that and I love being with you I love being with you uh, you guys and gals I truly do y'all are my brothers and my sisters and I love hanging with you but is that what God wants us to do it is not so that we can build a bigger church it is not so that we can put more butts in the seats but the reality is God is bringing an entire mission field to our front door Will it be us that reaches those people? It hurts our head a little bit. Like, how is this possible? It's not possible with us, but with God, it is. See, here's the deal. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth about some of these very same things, about what it means to, to, to think not like whatever comes naturally, but think more in line with what God says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. He says, for though we live in the body, we do not wage war in an unspiritual way. But we do wage war, don't we? Like we do go to battle for the kingdom. Kingdoms are not won without a victory. So we are on a rescue mission for those who don't know him. Since the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but are powerful through God for the, and this is one of my favorite words in the scriptures, the demolition See, I'm a sledgehammer kind of a guy. That's my favorite tool if I'm on a construction site. If I'm on a construction site, I have no skill. But if you tell me to tear some stuff down, I'll do it, man. It's my favorite thing to do, one of. One of. For the demolition of strongholds, we demolish arguments and every high-minded thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, taking almost every thought, some thoughts, most thoughts, no, every thought captive to obey God. Christ. See, if there are 3,700 people working at the Intermodal in Edgerton, the Intermodal is the largest commercial real estate venture construction project, whatever you want to call it, in the nation right now. Did we know that? And they just approved 1.2 million more square feet to it. Guys, it's happening. Just got a Dollar General approved. Uh, like on the other side of the school, on this street right there, like, like I think some people said like really enthusiastically, hallelujah, we get to grow gross, right? It's awesome. What a great thing that's about to happen, right? We are in an amazing, incredible location for this, pro- for this projected growth right here on this property. The way God put this together has been a miracle. What God is about to do is going to be a miracle if it will be us that he is capable to trust. Right now, there are 1,600 people living in Edgerton, 3,700 people working at the Intermodal, plus all the construction workers, plus all the businesses that are people that already work in town, that kind of thing. There are over 5,000 people right here, right now. How are we reaching them, my brothers and sisters? This is the mental heart shift that we've got to make. Man, and I, and I talked to several people this morning that were to completely like shattered because they said, man, God's stirring in me, and I don't know what to do about it. I said, me neither, man, but we're going to learn it together. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know what it's going to look like tomorrow. I don't know what it's going to look like in a week or in a month or in several years. I know it's going to look a heck of a lot different than it does right now, right? And as we step into obedience, minute by minute, day by day, week by week, month by month, and we are on mission for him year by year, 
We're going to do his will because it will be us. It will be us that God says, go. Who will I send? We'll say, send us. Here we are. Amen. Love this. Love this. Our approach to church must be different in the ways that God wants us to be the church, not just a church. Luke 9 and 10 talk about this, what it means to be on mission. And I love this because uh, as Jesus and his disciples were walking and healing and doing all kinds of different things and and witnessing and showing people what it means to be true followers of of, of him, uh, there were lots of people that would come every once in a while. They say, man, I want to hang out with you guys. And starting in verse 57, it says, as they were traveling on the road, someone said to him, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, I've had people say that in our church. Like, they'll say, I'm going to start following Jesus now, man. And within a week, they've already been defeated, and they, they no longer hear, like, oh, yeah, it was one for me, whatever, you know. Because here's what I do. I, I got for me. Now, you go, some people think I'm crazy, and I, you might be right. But here's what I do. When somebody comes to me and they say, man, I'm ready to follow Jesus. I'm ready to be baptized. I'm ready to be. There are times, and this is most all the time, that I will try to talk them out of it. And y'all think I'm crazy because I love Jesus and I want people to know Jesus. But here's the reality. What Jesus did himself when people said I would follow you is he tried to talk them out of it. Because if I can talk somebody out of following Jesus in an environment on Sunday morning where everybody in here loves Jesus, we preach Jesus, we worship Jesus, and if I can talk them out of it then, they got no shot on a Monday morning when they go to work, to school, or anything else. Listen to what Jesus did. I'll follow you wherever you go, Jesus told him. Not, bro, this is going to be awesome. He says, man, foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Feel like being homeless? Let's go. Jesus was a terrible marketing guy, right? Then he said to another, follow me. Lord, he said to the person that he said to follow him. He said, Lord, he said, first let me go bury my father. And this sounds so cruel and so mean for Jesus to say this, but but understand something here, and I'll explain here in a second. But he, he told him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you, go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. Now, now there's a couple of things I want to explain about this because we can get really caught up in the cultural things and put our 21st century thinking on this this first century situation, that kind of thing. But uh, the, the Jews at this point that Jesus was talking, about 100 years prior to this, had started developing this habit of when their loved ones passed away, they would put their bodies into what's called an ossuary or a tomb or a cave or something like that. Seal it up, and then a year later would take those bones and bury those bones. Nothing in the scriptures say you got to do that. wasn't a command from God, but it was something that they, they started doing about 100 years prior. So what this guy is asking is, hey, let me go take my dad's dead bones and stick them in the dirt. And Jesus is going, dude, let the dead bury them. We got, we got mission to be on, right? I mean, that's what he's saying here. It's not a cruel thing that he's saying, oh, don't, don't, have, don't grieve your dad. He's saying, look, there are cultural pressures. There are family pressures. There are all kinds of expectations of, of us as followers of Jesus that, oh, we should do it this way. But Jesus is saying, we got to go this way. Like, he's saying, put blinders on while you go on mission. Listen to what else he said to this next guy. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to those in my house. But Jesus said to him, 
No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. If you're constantly looking back at approval from your friends, approval from your family, approval from the world, guys, it does not, like, oh, man, it is so wild. See, there will always be tradition, culture, or relationships that will pressure us not to be a missionary. Has anybody ever come to know Jesus and all of a sudden they're, their hearts and their minds are radically transformed. And those in their family who have been saying, man, you need to get to church. All of a sudden, they start to actually follow Jesus and make radical changes outwardly because of the inward changes that are going on. And the family looks at them and they go, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, slow down, bro, right? Like you're just, you're just getting a little bit too Jesus freakish right now, right? I pray that happens to all of us. Not out of an outward thing, okay, I guess i got to act like a Christian. i got to dress a certain way, and i got to look at certain kind of movies and listen to certain kind of music and that kind of thing. Nothing like that, but an inward change that affects the outward habits that we have and the, the things that we do. Our hands and our feet go where the, where the mind and the heart that are completely devoted to Jesus sins. Man, it's amazing. It's amazing to me what's going on and what's about to happen. Luke 10, continuing, says, after, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others, some manuscripts say 72, you may have it in your scriptures, and he sent them ahead of him in pairs, in pairs is one of the reasons why we disciple in pairs, to go every town and place where he himself was about to go. He told them, listen to this, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. And this is where Someone came to me this morning and said, I'm a, I'm a worker now. Well, what do I got? Like, like I, I got to make some changes in my, like, it was an awesome conversation. But he says, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. My brothers and sisters from other mothers and misters, here's the deal. The harvest is plentiful in Edgerton. The harvest is plentiful in Eudora. The harvest is plentiful in Baldwin. The harvest is plentiful in Wellsville, in Gardner, in Olathe, in Paola, in Ottawa, wherever it is you're coming from to, to, to gather together with your fellow brothers and sisters here on Sunday morning. The harvest is plentiful and the harvest and the mission field, a huge one, is about to get dropped in our lap. And it's going to be fantastic, and it's going to be scary, and it's going to be wonderful, and it's going to be exhausting, exhilarating all at the same time, because this was never meant to be a casual observance of Jesus' commands. It was supposed to be a radical departure from the world into the great adventure. Wow, man, I'm telling you, it's going to be, and it is, guys. I'm saying, I keep saying it's going to be. It already is fun amazing scary exhausting exhilarating what a ride the harvest is abundant but the workers are few and sometimes people will say things like hear things like that say, oh man i gotta start doing new stuff but he doesn't say hey get out to harvest those people he says therefore pray first right to the lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest and this is where this is where we start Today, start praying, God, send us out. Whoever your workers are, may you send us for the harvest because he is the Lord of the harvest. He is the one that wakes up his sheep, not us. We just introduce them to the shepherd, right? 
pressure's not on us. Many times we think, I've got to do something different. Well, we, we will do things differently, but it's not out of an external obedience or a change or new things like that. It'll be our, our minds, our hearts, changing what our hands and our feet do because we are relying on God and His power to go ahead of us, not relying on our own power to go try to convert people to our way of thinking. Like, here's the deal, man. I heard this all the time. People are like, man, how in the world does somebody, like, evangelize and convert people over and over, and other people sit there and talk to people and say the same thing, and nothing ever happens? Here's, here's, a, here's what I want you to understand. Our job is to go spread the gospel, spread the good news, help people understand what it means to be a, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Whether or not they do it is up to God, not us. So here's what happens. People get all feel this pressure. Oh, if I'd have just said the right thing, or if I'd have just done the right thing, God can make rocks talk to people. It's the pressure's not on us. Right? Pressure's not on us. The pressure is on the Holy Spirit to do his thing. We are simply messengers. And so here, I, like, I love that I heard this one time somebody said this kind of like chopping a tree. Sherry chop, chops at the tree. Uh, Cheryl chops at the tree. Bernie chops at the tree. Judy chops at the tree, Ed chops at the tree, Pete chops at the tree, uh, Nick chops at the tree. All these different people chop at the tree. Uh, Carolyn happens to be there chopping the tree when the tree falls. All we have done is plant seeds, plant seeds, plant seeds, plant seeds. And it is Jesus who waters it, and we water it, we care for it, we plant it, but it's Jesus that makes it grow, right? Like, we can't make it grow. Can anybody, like, can any of us make a plant grow? I can't make nothing grow. I got, like, a black thumb. Judy's, like, got all kinds of plants all over the place, all over the house. I'm like, this is awesome, but it feels kind of tropical in here, but if I touch one or even look at one, it just sort of withers. We can't make anything grow, but we can water. We can plant. Is that... You can see what I mean? We can share the gospel, but whether it takes, whether it grows, whether it roots or anything like that is totally, totally, totally up to God. Now go. I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Don't carry a money bag, traveling bag, or sandals. Don't greet anyone along the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this household. If the son of peace is where we get our persons of peace language from, is there your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Remain in these. Notice what he's saying. He's not saying go to house to house and knock on the doors and, and do the Jehovah's Witness thing and say, hey, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? You want to? You want to? You want to? No. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they offer. Now, a couple of caveats about this. If somebody's an alcoholic, most people understand. You say, dude, if I have a beer, I'm you'll see me in a gutter next week. I get that, right? Some people are like, and they understand that. But here's the thing. If somebody handed me a plate of carrots, I'll eat to the glory of God and go home and vomit because I can't stand them, right? I mean, it's just terrible stuff. But if somebody gave me carrots and said, hey, here's what we got to eat, carrots and sweet tea, but two things I don't like to eat or drink, I'm like, oh, man, this is thank you. Thank you so much. Because it is about Jesus, not about my own, Right? Right? Anybody else hate carrots too like me? All right, y'all are safe. Y'all are safe, declared. 
remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever, whatever they offer, for the worker is worthy of his wages. Don't be moving from house to house when you enter any town. He's talking about developing relationships with people, right? Getting to know people. One of the reasons why we have these clipboards and sign-up sheets is so that we can know your name. And this, uh, if, if God knows your name, we want to know your name so that we can help you understand who God is. We'd like you guys to like, connect more with God, man. He's just this really cool thing. When you enter any town and they welcome you, eat the things set before you. He keeps saying this, right? Over and over. Make sure, you, make sure you're not rude to these people. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. When you enter any town and they don't welcome you, go out in the streets and say, we are wiping off as a witness to you even the dust of your, own, of your town that clings to your feet. Know this for certain. The kingdom of God has come near and I tell you, on that day, it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. Now, understand something. This is not a call to put a couple of middle fingers up to the town and say, screw you guys, we're out of here. He's saying it is a warning to those people. I imagine he is saying, hey, these are things we say with tears, not with uh, anger or not with maliciousness or not with, I can't wait to see you guys go down. These are warning signs. And here's the thing that I want us to be warned about this growth in this town could be a disaster without God. And we have a part in that, don't we? We have a part in that spreading of that good news, the proclaiming of his name to those who not only are here, but who are coming. It could be a disaster. Prostitution, drugs, and crime, and all that kind of stuff could be like, the, 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 could be what is. And that's one of the things that people say, well, we don't want all that stuff. That's why we don't want to grow and that kind of thing. But let me tell you, it's coming one way or another. What's our part in it? And will it be us that God uses? Are you tracking with me, New City Church? New City Church mission. Track. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, I think that's how you pronounce them, they, have, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exhausted to heaven? No. You will, be go, you will go down to Hades. These are warnings of these things. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. That's why the pressure is not on us. That's why when somebody says, no, nah, I don't want to be a Jesus freak, sorry. It's never about, oh man, I wish I had said the right things. Because the pressure is not on us. It's not us that's being rejected. It's God himself. Now, this blows my mind. Starting in verse 17. Because these 70 or 72 people, whichever version you're looking at, uh, as they're sent out with all, without provision, without food, without anything like that, let God just take care of you. The 70 returned with, what's that word? Joy. There is something incredibly joyous about being on God's mission. They return with joy saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. That's power. That's authority. That's godly swagger, right? And he said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a lightning flash. See, a lot of people think Satan's like, oh. 
what he's saying is, I saw Satan fall from heaven like a lightning flash. Boom! Look, I've given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power, all the power, all the power over the enemy. Nothing will ever harm you. However, don't rejoice. Listen to this. This is powerful. Because I love the fact that we are powerful. I love the fact, but I love Jesus much more than that. Don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you. They do. But rejoice that your names are written. Your names. Your names are written in heaven. That's what we're to rejoice in. And last week I said, do you want this for yourself? And do you want this for others? And we all said yes. So this is where we're going, baby. And that same hour, he, Jesus, rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure, all things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father and who the Father is except the Son and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal Him. And this helps us be incredibly in perspective. Then turning to His disciples, He said privately, fellas, the eyes that see the things you see are blessed. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see the things you see, yet didn't see them. To hear the things you hear, yet didn't hear them. I hear people all the time saying, man, I wish we could just call down fire from heaven like Elijah did, baby. That would be awesome. I wish we could see like, like, like the, the Goliath just getting a big old rock in his noggin like, like, like we did but in the Old Testament. It would be awesome to see uh, Daniel and the lion, man, just sitting there in the, in the lion's den and say, what's up? What's up, lion? How you doing? Hey, how you doing? That no, would be awesome, right? I wish we could see things like that. And yet Jesus is saying those people would love to see what we see today. That's the thing. We are in an incredible part of history. It's a glorious time to be a Christian. Nobody expects anything great from the Christian church anymore. I really believe that. Like nobody expects to see miracles. Nobody expects to see any radical, uh, like like a, a war being waged. And nobody expects victor, victory to be had. But God does. And that's us. And this is the mission he has called us to. My question will continue to be, probably longer than two years from now, Will it be us that calls Jesus Lord? Will it be us that funds his mission? Will it be us that, is, that are going to be his hands and feet and actually go reach people for him in his name, not ours, his? Will it be us that no longer calls ourselves members of a church, but calls ourselves missionaries under the banner of New City, calling out his name? Amen? Father, we love you. We're amazed that you want to use knuckleheads like us at all. <laughs> but we're humbled and, and we're realizing more and more that you have a, something awesome about to happen. That decades ago you started 
tilling the soil of our city for your glory, preparing the way for all these folks to come. Father, we praise you for the 76 baptisms we have had. We praise you for the dozens of people being discipled. We praise you, Lord, for those who have called New City Church home. Many of them have said they would never step into a church either for the first time or ever again. And yet you've brought them here. Lord, we thank you for that. We also realize that it ain't about our own comfort. It truly is about being on mission for you. And may we be your missionaries, Father. May we call this church your mission house. And may we be on mission for the mission field that you have, uh, have laid on us and are about to lay on us. Father, we don't have to go to Central America. We don't have to go to Mexico. We don't have to go to Africa. We don't have to go to Europe. We don't have to go to China. We don't have to go even to Nebraska. God, you are putting your mission field right here at our front door. May we reach them for your glory. May we be obedient to you. May we call you Lord. May we fund your mission. And may we go reach people that you want reached and help them to wake up and introduce them to you. Father, it's in your son's incredible and amazing name. We pray, we humbly pray with great reckless abandon to culture and expectations and just step into obedience for you. It's in your son's name we pray that. Everybody said.